Data analytics and consulting company Global Data recently projected that the Philippine cloud market would be worth $2.8 billion by 2025, up from $1.8 billion in 2020, as more enterprises migrate their workload to the cloud. In the sponsored B-Side episode, a collaboration between Business World and Tata Consultancy Services, or TCS, we welcome back Shiju Vargis, country head of TCS Philippines, and Edsel Paglinawan, product and innovation head at Eastern Telecommunications Philippines, Inc. They speak with Business World contributor Santiago Giarnais about the massive opportunities in ICT solutions, the challenges involved, and the consequences of falling behind the competition. Hello everyone, my name is Tiago Arnaiz. I'm joined today by none other than Shiju Varghis, country head of TCS Philippines. Great to see you again, Shiju. And also with us is Edsel Paglinawan, product and innovation head of Eastern Communications. Thank you so much to the both of you for joining me today. So our topic today is on democratizing ICT solutions in the Philippines. That's information communication technologies. Now at this point, I think we'd be hard-pressed to find a boardroom in the world that hasn't had digital transformation at the top of the agenda these past few years. So e-commerce, teleconferencing, AR, VR innovation. So these technologies, and of course, primarily information communication technologies, saw renewed interest and rapid adoption through the pandemic. Maybe just to kick things off, from your perspective, Shiju, have these technologies served their purpose already and will now recede into the background as we return to the old ways or are we seeing companies continuing to invest in their digital transformation journey? I believe it will just accelerate the digital adoption. It will not recede, definitely. It will accelerate across industries, and there won't be any more, so to speak, IT industry. All industries and all companies will adopt uh, digital, and everyone will be called a digitally enabled industry or a company. Organizations that embrace digital solutions have, we have seen have greater resiliency in the face of adversity. And the best testimony is the last two to three years of pandemic that we have seen uh, that will go in the history, which will be the catalyst for digital adoption globally. Uh, one of the most important outcome of the pandemic has been the rapid evolution of our collective understanding of the interconnectedness of our systems and the vulnerability of our business model, our people, and most importantly, our planet. I believe, uh, Tiago, the small improvements will not be enough anymore to drive the kind of change that is needed. The future-focused businesses are seeing sustainability beyond compliance or risk-based exercise. Rather, they're infusing sustainability with their digital and business strategy to create a better and future fit business processes and models. Increasingly, we are seeing, Tiago, that leaders are integrating sustainability, digital, and innovation deep in their business, which is basically pivoting their market strategy. Leading businesses are making strategic and investment decisions from a deeply ingrained belief in the importance of innovation digital and sustainability. Innovation and digital collaboration across ecosystem hold the key to learning, pivoting, and scaling for impactful outcomes. Uh, the commitment to collaborate across ecosystem can really help solve some of our biggest challenges that we have now 
and we are heading towards from a overall ecosystem standpoint and environment standpoint. Therefore, while investments in the digital space got accelerated due to the pandemic, but the very purpose of embracing that digital is really focused on building a much more sustainable business and much more future-ready businesses. So therefore, definitely it will not recede, Tiago. So I suppose the impetus of the transformation is reactive to the pandemic, but now we're seeing companies be more proactive in mapping out of their, their future roadmaps. Something you mentioned earlier, uh, really interesting, is that there will be no longer be an IT industry. Every company or every industry must champion its own digital transformation. Edsel, from Eastern Communications perspective, in a pioneering telco in the country, what exactly does digital transformation mean? I can speak of two things about the digital transformation happening in the telco space in general. Two things. First is the readiness in continuing our business. And second is the readiness when it comes to the product portfolio to support what the market really needs. As we see in our customers, they see the need or we see the need towards the transformation of our market. So internally, we have already established, I should say, processes to shift to the work from home environment. That's number one before pandemic. Yes, there were questions about the productivity. Will we be able to really achieve our business commitments if we let our people work remotely, for example? How do we monitor their performance? Is our connectivity safe? And are they really secure? These are some just basic issues that we realize everything now as, underwater, as water under the bridge when we were forced to implement work from home early 2020. Now, as we move towards the remote working, almost 100%, except, of course, for our frontliners, systems were ready. We have Microsoft 365 as the hubs that's powered by PCS that is accessible from anywhere. We have our sales tools, the sales force, and even for our service operations center. I remember way back in 2015 when I was still heading the network operations. One of the major imperatives is our business continuity processes and tools. So we may be able to continue our operation in the event of a toward incident in our main hub here in Telecom Plaza in Makati. That was a painstaking exercise, and we have demonstrated the benefits when the pandemic started to hit us. We couldn't say that we were 100% ready that time. Nobody knew the scale of this disruption. We haven't tested that resilience in our processes and tools vis-a-vis -vis the massive and dramatic changes brought by the pandemic. But then again, we realized, and yes, we're able to get through it because of the PCP as part of Eastern's DNA and has also been part of our ISO 7001 standards and compliance. Readiness in our product portfolio is definitely another story. Of course, Eastern Communications entered into a partnership with PCS way back in, what was it, 2017, I believe. And that accelerated your own digital transformation journey. So way ahead of the curve, as it turns out. I'd love to hear in maybe further detail what sparked that partnership and how it played out. Because it really helped to have the three-year head start. Very, very timely, I should say. Nobody was anticipating this COVID will happen in 2020. But we were just, I guess, lucky enough to replace our old systems way back 2017 when our IT team started to change the old system, the very manual system, provisioning, 
it was very difficult for us to do product creation with so much agility that we are doing today. And hence, one of the benefits that we really reap out of this transformation, these hubs, that's our BSS business system solutions, is agility in creating new products, the agility in, you know, in our product catalog, the billing and connection and all these things. Yeah, Shiju, I'd love to hear your perspective on this partnership as well. So any insights that you gleaned from supporting Eastern's transformation over the years? Eastern chose TCS as a strategic partner, as you said, in 2017. The idea was to replace the legacy systems, expand uh, service offerings, and definitely enhance the customer experience overall. And that was enabled by the TCS platform, as I still mentioned. See, adopting a platform-based service essentially gives an organization a strategic advantage in a competitive market, and that's exactly what Eastern would enjoy from TCS Hops platform. Over the years of our journey with Eastern, TCS has been constantly innovating to deliver superior customer experience. The challenge that we had to embrace on our side was the rapidly changing technology and business models. Given that Eastern have significant market share in enterprise segment, which typically has to deal with far more complexities in terms of products, commercial models, sales cycles, service delivery and assurance. Therefore, the TCS as a technology partner provided a robust platform, which we call as a digital core that helped TCS launch, sell, manage complex B2B products offerings. It helps faster provisioning, manage the customer lifecycle, effectively capture new revenue streams, which is extremely important. And we are very proud to have been the technology partner with the Philippines' leading and premier communication provider, who is now more agile and better enabled to take new business opportunities as a digitally transformed and future-ready enterprise. Part of engaging with a transformation partner like TCS is getting access to that expertise and institutional support to guide a company through the, of course, inevitable challenges you'd face as part of that journey. So I'm curious, Edsel, what major hurdles did Eastern face as a company over the course of your, call it five-year transformation journey so far? When we talk about digital transformation, everybody loves DX. Digital transformation is sexy. Everybody wants to do DX, but it takes two things to execute the digital transformation the way we want it. And these are part of our hurdles. Number one is the budget, and second is the political will. Budget is not very easy, but what's important is to establish the cost over benefits analysis. So in Eastern, we developed the concept of VBA. We call it VBA, value-based argumentation. How much does it cost you now using your incumbent solution or using our incumbent solution? And how much will it cost us or our customers if we move towards the transformation with Eastern and, or with a new solution? So it doesn't stop within ID only. Hence, we talk about the digital transformation among the CX levels to support our IT counterparts also in sharing the good news about the digital transformation plan. That's usually the problem. Everybody thinks digital transformation is a cost driver, but not everybody realizes that the benefits outweighs the cost. And of course, again, the second one is the political will. And I guess I am very fortunate to have my bosses, the management of Eastern also, having strong will to make these things happen. 
we couldn't have achieved this without the support of the management to continue to push us to raise the bar every day. And this is very, very inspiring to do more. VBA, value-based argumentation, I think it's a fantastic framework. Now, you touched on the importance of management and the talent in the organization to embrace digital transformation. So in our SaaS-driven world, most cutting-edge technologies today can be purchased and deployed in a company fairly quickly. But without the skills to use them, they can be pretty irrelevant, right? So similarly, the most talented workers in the world can be wasted in an organization that doesn't empower them with the right technologies to augment that talent. So Shiju, in engaging with partners that want to digitally transform their companies, could you define your approach there? How does TCS frame that journey? Yeah, you touched upon an extremely important point, right? Which is about adopting the change and reskilling our existing employees for embracing that change, which comes through when we adopt digitally transformed processes and systems. So thinking in terms of digital ecosystems, supporting remote work, and welcoming new players to the C-suit of any organizations require many of us to make big changes in the long-standing belief about leadership. Now, these new mindset also demand that executive members challenge each other's thinking, yet eventually unite on a coherent plan. I believe we have to rethink strategies in terms of cross-industry digital ecosystem, using our core purpose of customers to hone the strategy, increasing the productivity and loyalty of people who are working from home, and welcoming the new C-suit. There are many new C-suit roles that has been created now in any organization structure, essentially to adopt and embrace those changes. The traditional C-suit that we are all aware of CEOs, CFOs, and CIOs, now you would see there are chief change manager officers and chief digital officers and so on and so forth. That's the outcome of recently adopted digital challenges and digital enabled solutions that organizations are going through. Of course, a clear and sound strategy is crucial. However, the individual mind shifts and group dynamics necessary for a leadership team to create a winning strategy and fully get it are just as vital. Perhaps the most radical mindset change required to rethink in the ecosystem terms is using the lens of how customers accomplish their end-to-end -end process rather than the lens of how a company has historically solved one piece of that process. Managing a large remote workforce, for example, is being done for health and safety reasons today, essentially to reduce the chance of employee falling victim to the COVID pandemic-related health concerns, but for many organizations, allowing employees to work from home will rub up against some of the leaders' belief that they need to see people working to be assured that they're working really, right? The old FaceTime or the office requirement. However, such a mindset today would oppose work from anywhere policies that could continue after the pandemic ends. And as we recently have seen the FIRB rule as well, which is adopting a hybrid work model, it will be extremely necessary for us to have processes and reskilling models and HR interventions to ensure that the organization is ready to adopt those changed ecosystem and environment that we will now operate in. So TCS continue to reimagine ways to achieve creative collaboration, even when employees are not working from company offices all the time, Diego. 
Yeah, so CJ, you mentioned the importance of redefining C-suite roles and just now reimagining hybrid work models. Edsel, what strategies did you find most effective in reskilling the Eastern community to be transformation champions? It's all about inculcating in the minds of our people that the future of Eastern and the future of how we want the Philippines to be is defined by the product portfolio that we will be offering. Mm -hmm. But gone are the days that we are simply selling connectivity solution. Well, that continues to be our niche product until today. But expanding our portfolio will also enable you know, the upskilling of our competencies of our technical workforce, not only for our technical workforce, but also for our sales. I mentioned earlier about the transformation that happened in Eastern on our IT tools and our IT infrastructure even before the pandemic happened. Some processes were adopted like online routing of documents for sign off via Adobe Sign. That's very basic. And also we use our own Eastern cloud in some cloudified infrastructure of our IT team. This necessitates upscaling of our own workforce to really embrace the cloudification of our infra. But that's just one part of the story. I would like to emphasize as well that in the process of supporting the digitalization of our market, we have to improve our own selves, upskilling our skills competencies, technical competencies. And as a product head, we feel compelled or I feel compelled to rapidly deploy the solutions relevant to what our market needs, especially during the peak of the COVID. But actually, Expansion of our portfolio happened at least two years before the pandemic. While connectivity, as I mentioned earlier, remains to be the niche of Eastern, we started the transformation in 2018 when we offered ICT solutions. Never did we anticipate the pandemic, but thankfully, the seeds we planted back then, before 2020. We started partnering with the different technology partners to improve our skill set as well. Cybersecurity, cloud and data center collocation, business applications you mentioned earlier, they have about the software industry or the software as a service, and even the professional services. So on cybersecurity, for example, we've witnessed the increase in cyber attacks during the past two years. And that's not only for big enterprises, but to the SMEs as well. And this is the part of the education, not only among ourselves, but part of the education that we are telling to our SME segment, cloud, Eastern cloud, and the other public clouds that Eastern is offering. Well, we're proud to say that Eastern launched the first geo-redundant locally hosted cloud here in the Philippines. And cloud doesn't mean anything if we don't share the competencies to our market. And we did horizontal integration strategy as well in partnering our competitors to create a more competition environment as well. You know, sharing the skills among the different competitions who later on became our partners. Cloud and co-location also helped us address the global supply chain issue. And that necessitates upscaling our own people also to be able to sell, you know, to be able to create the value-based argumentation treatments to our customers. We've heard about the shortage of the chips used in the network infrastructure. Hence, there is a shortage in routers, firewalls, servers, and storage. Business applications, software as a service. We launched Eastern Marketplace way back 2020. This is actually a repository of SaaS 
software as a service in partnership with various software factories, different software developers, so we can co-sell, co-brand, co-market, co-upskill our skill set together with these new solutions. And at the peak of pandemic, we continue also to launch what is needed by the market at that point in time. If I may share, we have one very powerful product launched in 2020. We call that as the Eastern Teleworker Gateway that proves to be very, very instrumental in the execution of the work from home, especially for our BPO clients. Again, it's a matter of expanding the portfolio and at the same time, ramping up our competencies on the product portfolio for both sales, pre-sales, and our technical operations people. I thought something you mentioned there that really stood out to me was cybersecurity. And it's interesting because when you look at the innovation landscape today, perhaps where many innovators are flocking to right now are the, of course, like the, the sexier technologies like decentralized technologies, blockchain, crypto, right? Innovating in these spaces. And cybersecurity has never been more of a pressing concern. And so question for both of you now, the pace of innovation is constantly accelerating, especially in these frontier technologies. What would you say your posture is towards adopting new technologies? And how do you prudently and mindfully stay ahead of those trends in order to stay competitive? Cybersecurity is definitely something which has picked up a lot of attention across industries in the digital space. And as rightly mentioned by Edsel, Last two years, we have seen the cybersecurity threats at least five times or five-fold of the years pre-pandemic. So that's definitely something which has stood out. But having said, there are every organization, right, including PCS or you as I spoke about Office 365, Microsoft and other partners, everyone's up in terms of putting up measures to counter the threat. And that has really helped organizations across to stay ahead in the game. And most of the platforms, be it SaaS-based or other platforms, cloud-based platforms, et cetera, all of them have beefed up in terms of the core architecture being ready for any such threat that we are facing today, right? To answer your question, digital revolution is rapidly transforming, which is true, and it's transforming, especially for telco businesses, revolutionizing the how service providers sell and how customers consume their products and services is where the next focus is. The service providers require a digital solution that provide essentially a flexible and agile models and platforms that will transform their businesses, not only the businesses, but essentially the customer experience as a whole. So, you know, the products that we spoke about that we've deployed for Eastern, which is the Hops 8.0 platform, is an open architecture-driven platform, basically it's catalog-centric, analytics-led platform, which is designed for anything which is the new age technology would desire to have. So these platforms are essentially equipped with a roadmap, which essentially addresses where the digital technology will shape up the next five years. We always used to have a five-year plan way back, which now has reduced more about a one-year and three-year plan because that's how fast the technology is changing, vulnerability are changing, and how the solutions are changing in the marketplace, Thiago. Uh, Edsel, anything to add to that? 
I would like to focus my comment more on the integration of the democratization of the ICT delivery in the Philippines and how it impacts the integration of these technology drivers to the growth of Eastern as well. Democratization is a very, very wonderful topic. We know Airbnb, we know Shopify, we know Grab. Democratization has created Airbnb. When you look at something like hotels, for example, democratization has actually created Airbnb so people can own hotels. Airbnb democratized hoteliers as well. I myself, I have no degree in hospitality nor similar industry, but Airbnb allowed me to be a hotel and even gave me the opportunity to bring some of my guests, especially the foreigners, over the weekends to beautiful diving destinations in the Philippines. Well, that's before pandemic hit us last uh, two years ago. Airbnb democratized hotel-like stays by making more people enjoy the hotel experience, which were used to be reserved only to can afford individuals. And also Shopify, right? In their website, you'll see empowering independent business owners everywhere. So Shopify removed the many constraints in the past for individuals to, to be able for them to sell online. And also Grab. It has changed the way we commute. It has made the transportation so much more and more accessible to people and democratized as well the taxi or rent a car like operators to many individuals. I used to say this, grab food and food panda as well. Whenever I see a Kuya grab driver, I feel so good that this platform has actually created employment and earning opportunities for many of our Kababayans. And this platform also leveled the playing field. Now we have the option to buy a 350 pesos adobo from very known brands or less than 100 pesos adobo from Nanay Starinderia. All of them can be found in the same app, right? Leveling the playing field. That's really amazing. And for Eastern, we are equally inspired by this democratization happening around for consumers but not only for consumers, but equally important for the SMEs as well. From the product perspective, we believe that discriminate the delivery of this technology among the different segments of the industry. We talk about cybersecurity earlier, right? Shiju mentioned about five times more threats in the past two years. Yes, indeed. And another insight coming from our technology partners, around 70% of the attacks are targeted towards the SMEs, not only for the big and known brands, not only for the big enterprises. Imagine 70% is targeted towards the SMEs. And naturally, the SMEs don't have the luxury to build their own competencies. They don't have the luxury to build their own engines to protect their businesses online, right? And for us, serving that as an inspiration, we develop products and solutions that would be able to democratize the delivery of this technology to this segment of our market. Internet, for example, we are constrained by wired geographic footprint of the different telco. Not the entire archipelago is enjoying at least 3G or LTE, right? Of course, there's already 5G around, but not the entire Philippines is covered by mobile data. 
So we partnered with Pacific, that's one of our technology partners in delivering internet via satellite across the Philippines and even in maritime areas. We're able to expand our footprint to remote areas via our partnership with cable TV operators by providing them wholesale internet. The same is true for IT infrastructure. Everybody wants to have at least tier three IT and telco grade IT infrastructure or data center, right? But not everybody has the luxury of building their own tier three or tier four data center. And hence, there is an option for them to use Eastern Cloud. And that's hosted in our data center, fully redundant data center with concurrent maintainability and even an option to enjoy the geo-redundant locally hosted cloud. And in that case, we don't necessarily have to bring our traffic across the boundaries of the Philippines, hence addressing also the data sovereignty issues imposed by, let's say, Banco Central and some other government agencies. Now, talking about the cybersecurity, it's the same thing. Not everybody has the capability of maintaining their own cyber professionals. It's very expensive skill set. And we know the problem in the Philippines and some other developing nations about building cyber professionals, which is very lucrative. And the attrition rate happening in the Philippines is also very high. So instead of building your own seas, we offer Eastern Security Operations Center as a service. As long as they're connected to the internet, then Eastern can help them protect their IT environment. That's part of it. And this democratization, or I should say the technology, is, I believe, a mandatory for us to grow. This is the same message that we are giving to our market. We know that growth is one of the key goals for every business-led leader. You're one of the leaders of a global brand. I guess probably safe to say that your strategy should revolve around growing your business. And technology plays a very important role here. And for Eastern Communications, we want to make a dent to the country by making technology even more affordable so that everybody else, everybody, all segments can enjoy cyber protection, cloudification of their software or their IT infrastructure, and making internet even more available across the country. On that point of democratization through innovation to the benefit of groups like SMEs. Among the hardest hit demographics across industries these past few years have been SMEs, of course, due to the challenges of the pandemic. But as you pointed out, partly due to the fact that leading enterprise solutions are often inaccessible to them. Chiju, picking up from Edsel's points there, what trends, technologies, or practices should SME business leaders be exploring in order to bounce back and thrive in the years to come? Yeah, you know, firstly, I like uh, what Edsel mentioned about the need to have uh, cybersecurity expertise in the market, tools in the market. And I think Edsel has given me a new segment to focus on because CCS as an organization, we have tools and platforms and products that also help organizations lay down their roadmap from a cybersecurity or secured digital ecosystem and digital spine, as we call it. So it's a good uh, market segment that I need to focus on. I think Edsel, thanks for that one. Back to Tiago, your question about what SMEs can basically adopt and do. You know, I'm not sure whether it's a topic that's fairly now visible to everybody across SME segment or it's only for the larger organizations. But one trend that we have seen changing is how businesses are seen 
from doing their businesses only from a products and services standpoint, but more from building a business which is much more sustainable in nature. So SMEs or large enterprises, I think the differentiator will be for those who will add the sustainability lens to their digital transformation journey that they are embarking on. Going digital is not an option anymore, be it SME or be it larger organizations. Large enterprises are deep pockets, therefore they are adopting it. But also, you know, I will probably share some interesting data point when we say about, you know, larger enterprises versus SME. According to a recent uh, survey done by Harvard Business School, approximately 1.3 trillion was invested in digital transformation in the last uh, two years, I think. Even so, a large percentage of this spending ends up being wasted on initiatives by companies that fail because they're not really prepared for the change. So whether you're large or SME, it's about the readiness and preparedness for that change. So digital transformation is not just a matter of capital investment, but it's of developing strategies, executing, addressing the challenges and opportunities that is associated with it. So experience and skills that I believe is related to digital transformation are now necessary for the strategic plan of almost all companies across the spectrum. See, there are two pillars to the digital transformation across industries. One is innovation and the second is disruption. And that's true across the spectrum of industries that we look at, right? So business reinvention isn't always a choice, I would say. But many businesses are experiencing financial losses, for example, because of the pandemic. Either it is because of the supply chain impact or the forced shutdowns, significant pullback in consumer spending, or probably all of the above combined, right? To avoid revenue losses, companies have no choice but to shift focus to their business existing digital channels or bigger pivot to a digital business model. And that's where I think the focus should be. Therefore, the digital transformation efforts at company across the globe often, you know, is not putting their overall customer experience at the center of it, but it is more of trying to address a piecemeal solution for their existing challenge or challenges that they're probably facing. So that's where it is. I would also say that it is important that increasingly the organization has to add the sustainability lens to any digital transformation journey that they take, right? Because it essentially helps for us to be much more successful in the future and it will help build us a better ecosystem, which is better for the overall economy, create equality across the group segment. It also creates transformational ecosystem across industry spectrum. So that's what I believe. Also, you know, the other thing that I would probably want to add is, you know, digital also gives us enormous potential to deliver solution to address systemic, societal, and environmental challenges at scale. It can become a major part of the solution if we work together across our more traditional boundaries, as we are calling it SMEs and large enterprises. The solution is what we call digital sustainability. So digital sustainability means that this is same digital core that is helping transform operational cost optimization, customer centricity, differentiators, everything that we spoke about and it's still also mentioned in the beginning about operational efficiencies, et cetera, is becoming a key enabler to organizations meeting their sustainability goals and targets. And so we have digital applications in TCS that enables financial inclusions, digital tools supporting conservations, 
digital platforms and data driving more sustainable agriculture, digital communities supporting the underserved with health accesses, and there are many more. So it's going to be a much, much bigger lens that we need to wear when we see at uh, how organizations are adopting digital and how they're ready. And it is, as I earlier mentioned, is not only about a capital investment, but it is more about having the right strategy in place and the readiness and preparedness to adopt that change, which it will bring along with it. I think that ties directly back to what you mentioned earlier, Shiju, about redefining the roles of our C-suite leaders reimagining what the workplace looks like, of course, bleeds into Edsel. Your point on all the innovations in that Eastern adopted and, and created to support the hybrid work model for the future. Reimagining those systems, not just on a corporate level on, within your businesses, but as CJ, you mentioned, reimagining systems on a societal level. I think it's a fantastic a uh, way to frame the, the opportunity that digital transformation presents. And I also think that's a fantastic place to maybe end our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time today, Edsel and Shiju. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Tiago. Thank you, Tiago. Thank you, Edsel. Much appreciated, Edsel. Special mention to you on taking this opportunity and coming over and to support us on this forum, but beyond this forum as well, Edsel. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Shiju Varghese, Country Head of TCS Philippines, and Edsel Pagdinawan, Product and Innovation Head at Eastern Telecommunications Philippines, Inc., talking to Business World contributor Santiago J. Arnaiz about democratizing ICT solutions in the Philippines. This episode was sponsored by TCS. It was recorded remotely in June 2022, and it was produced by Earl R. Lagundino and me, Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.